everybody? This is Sam with Rowdy Alternative. Today we're here with Kanan Bryce. How are you, man? Oh, man, doing good, doing good. Enjoying the cold weather, I'll tell you that. <laughs> you staying uh, busy? Yeah, man, uh, we, we were busy, you know, up until the end of the year. Um, uh, at the beginning of the year, we take a little time to, to you know, get ready for the for 24, and we usually do that every year. But we're gearing up to, to have a busy schedule this year for sure. That's good. We'll get into that too. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess let, let's start, let's start at the beginning here, man, for people who might not know about you. Um, so I guess, uh, so Kanan Bryce, he's a musician out of Texas. Um, killer shit. I've been listening to you for a while, man. I, I first found out about you fairly recently. I think we first got acquainted maybe like last year and you already mm-hmm. had, uh, your, uh, your debut album already came out. That's from like what? 18. Yeah, yeah, 2018. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, you've been you've been at, you've been at it for a while. So, uh, I guess let's start at the beginning, man. So, uh, what got you into uh, the music scene? Like, not even when you started playing, just what got you into it? Man, my my brother and cousins uh, really kind of got me into it. They were big on you know the the Stony Larue, Wade Bowen, Lucero, um, you know Honey Brown, a lot of under underground guys that really never made it huge but were also like really really massive in texas um yeah they they kind of got me into it we uh used to burn cds and i stole a lot of my brother's cds that were like <laughs> texas country mix one mix two <laughs> <laughs> uh so like what um were you because your your newest stuff it has more of a uh, like a rock edge to it which yeah. happens with a lot of recently uh most of the stuff coming out of Texas has been a lot of that rock centric stuff. So were you, were you more into that or were you kind of just placed into the country sphere? Man. So, you know, when you're younger, my, my mom's, she says my dad's always been Alan Jackson, Uh, but uh, (laughs) she she said that's her man. So, you know, Alan, Alan Jackson was the man in our household. Um, And then, getting a little bit older after that uh, my stepdad was a massive rock head so he listened to, like stain nickelback you know goo goo dolls three doors oh, down yeah. um and that's kind of showing more now it's like um it's like my roots are starting to come out you know and then after that i kind of you know got into the country stuff and in texas country mainly and then oh uh, you know whenever i started music uh, I thought I kind of had to be Texas country, you know, I was kind of young mm-hmm. and naive and, you know, the only thing I knew was Texas country and, uh, you know, people like Colton Moore and, and, you know, Co Wetzel kind of came into the picture, you know, later on in my career and, uh, kind of let me know it's okay to do rock and roll. And, you know, I, I think, uh, I think I owe a lot to, to Co himself for opening up that door for guys like me that are more of that that rock edge and uh yeah. kind of made it okay for us to be us you know yeah so do you, um was that hard to shift into or did you feel like you um did you want to do rock the whole time um i i it wasn't on the table for me uh just because it was kind of like out of sight out of mind mm-hmm. um but you know i started seeing a lot more rock edged people come out and i was like oh so it is okay because you know at one point in time i think i think rock music was kind of shunned from you know the texas scene 
it's either you had to be like Texas country, Southern rock, or, you know, classic country. And, um, you know, once it was okay to, to do rock and roll and I was like, Oh shit, it is okay. Let's do it. And, you know, uh, I started to kind of introducing it a little bit at a time and it just, I guess it came really natural and, uh, you know, it, it shows, um, in our live show more than anything, mm -hmm. uh, that, that we're definitely more rock driven and that's kind of our wheelhouse and kind of, I think we're going to stay there for a little bit. Nice. Yeah. Cause like, um, I personally, I didn't even get familiar with like the, that world of like Texas, uh, country red dirt until like, I'm not from there. I'm from Kentucky. So I moved out there right and that's when I, yeah, that's when I discovered it. And that's right when they started to play more of the rock stuff, like, like co really blew up around then you had like Reed Southall. They had more of yeah. an edge to them too. And um, yeah, I thought that's what it always was. And then I, I did some research and like, Oh shit, these guys completely did a 180. It just, they, <laughs> yeah. they killed it anyway, doing the country stuff, but like they killed it even more doing the rock stuff. So it was pretty, it was pretty incredible to witness that. So with you personally, when you do uh, compare your, I guess your, your writing, whether it's like the songwriting or just like writing the music for like riffs, whatever, is yeah. there a big difference in that when you think back to like your 2018 releases to now? Um, I, th I think there's a huge difference in it. Um, you know, whenever I first got into the scene, um, I've, you know, I feel like the music seems a lot of hurry up and wait mm -hmm. and, uh, I'm not a hurry up and wait kind of person. So like I, I get real antsy <laughs> and, you know, when I started out, I started out really strong and did a lot of acoustic shows. And then after that, I was like, man, I need a full band. And mm -hmm. I was like, well, shit, if I need a full band, then I need an album so they can learn the songs. Cause you can't just like get guys together and, you know, just make shit up, which you can, <laughs> <laughs> I figured that out, but at the time, you know, I'm naive and I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, so I get the money up to do, uh, I think it was like 10 or 11 songs, I think. And, uh, I get the album made, you know, before I really found out who I was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that was a very, very beginning stage of my songwriting as well. Um, because, uh, uh, the songwriting and learning music started simultaneously. You know, it was, it wasn't yep. like I played guitar and then started songwriting or, you know, I was a songwriter, or, you know, poet or whatever you want to call it. And then started music. No, it's just like, it kind of happened together. Yeah. And, um, you know, that 2018, I think that was 2016. So that's two years of, of, you know, playing shows and getting an album out and, uh, looking back on it now, I feel like I rushed it all. Oh. And, um, I feel like, you know, knowing what I do now, it would have been better just kind of lay back and, and, you know, grow as a songwriter and, and, um, you know, a singer. And I, I feel like I kind of rushed into it a little bit. And, well, um, yeah. When you, um, got the group of guys together for to, when you finally got your band, uh, how you kind of just say like, all right, guys, like go nuts let's make like like add in a drum section like how, how'd that all work out like was it was that a hard hard to gel I guess uh man it, it was all a huge learning curve um you know one of my one of my favorite I, I think it's probably 
my second or third favorite album is uh ragweed live at uh kane's mm-hmm. ballroom yeah and um I, I learned a lot from that live set itself and um from there i just tried to like figure out what was best and and you know what not necessarily what to feed the crowd but like what i wanted to portray me and my band you know we we had a reckless kelly cover that we still cover today we have a a Colton Moore cover that we've done from the get-go um, that we still do today. Um, so, it, I mean, it was all a learning curve, and, you know, I'm not far off from who I was back then. It's just a little more rock-edged. Yeah, right but on. It, it, it was just a, a lot of trying to figure it out as you go. Yeah. Which I, I mean, think, so, I think a lot of people have to do that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's almost anything, I feel like. You, you can't really <laughs> avoid doing that, especially as a musician, I'd imagine. Yeah. Now you can either, uh, what's the saying? You can either get busy living or get busy dying. Is that what mm-hmm. it is? Yeah. So you just gotta, you just gotta go out there and do what you think is best and, and learn as you go. Yeah. So did that help? Um, I'm not really talking about you specifically, but is when you see like whoever else playing in the scene, like it, can you tell the ones that, and I'm not, don't name any names. I'm just wondering yeah. from outside. <laughs> can you, can yeah, you see the ones sure. that are like, like forging their own way? Like, like kind of how you were saying you learn as you go or the ones that are like, all right, ragweed, for example, uh, I'm going to be that I'm going to do that. And I hope that I could reach a certain amount of status. Like, is that, yeah. is that a thing that you see? Um, man, I, I think uh, we, we see it a lot in the scene, but I think there's a fine line between like um, being, you know, hugely influenced by somebody mm-hmm. versus like completely rip them off. And, and I, I've seen I've seen the people that completely rip off other artists. And then I also see the people that are heavily influenced. Um, you know, it's kind of like the, the Greta Von Fleet thing, uh, how they get compared to Led Zeppelin. But it's like, they're just, you know, young rock kids that love Led Zeppelin and wanted to kind of bring that back to a new era and a new generation. And I feel like they get a lot more hate than they should, you know? Yeah, I mean, you're talking, I'm, I'm a massive fan of them. Like, they don't even Same. sound, like their newest record and like the one before that, it doesn't sound even close to Led Zeppelin anymore. So that argument's yeah. out the window. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I felt like they kind of got pressured into that, which I hate that for them, you know? Yeah. I feel like Greta having the heavy influence from Led Zeppelin was what made Greta Greta, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I feel like, I feel like they, they took the wrong turn into listening to all the naysayers and, and all the people bitching about it and, yeah. you know, straying away from being themselves and what they know best. Yeah. Like they went, I, I would say, I, I think they went because I was like before TikTok where like people could go viral fairly easily. Like they yeah. went viral, like, in a bad way that just screwed yeah. them and it, it's no <laughs> fault to them, but, but no, you're right. It, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that that could happen, but yeah, like the influence, there's nothing wrong with influence at all. Yeah. But absolutely it's just not. a matter of how you make, like you stay, like you freshen it up, you make it your own. Yeah, which, exactly. Uh, and, and I, I, you know, I encourage, I've had a lot of people come up to me cause we, we do a couple songs, you know, by other people. And, um, one thing about those songs is uh, I, I feel like I feel like you're just kind of staying in in one box if you don't make it your own. 
Mm-hmm. So one thing I encourage people to do is, you know, people, I, I've told a few people when they ask me, it's like, Hey, like, how do you pick songs? Like what? A, um, and I tell them like, number one, do what you love. And number two, if you love it, do it your own way. So people don't compare you to anybody else. Yeah. Is that, uh, is that difficult to do in such a tight knit scene? Like, like it is in Texas? Um, uh, I think it's hard for me to say because, you know, there's a lot of things that came really naturally to me mm-hmm. and like straying from the path and, and making things my own way is, has always been super easy compared to just like the norm. Yeah. So, you know, for me, um, it, it was very natural for me to take something and, and completely flip it upside down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think compared to most, cause most, um, I think it's hard. I guess it's hard for them. I really can't speak for them, but for myself, it was really, really natural for me. Um, and maybe a lot of people struggle with it. Maybe they don't, but for me, it was super, super easy. Yeah. And that's what my next point was going to be with like you, especially and like you and like, there's a lot of people do know how to flip it, like especially with their last couple releases. Like that's that I feel like, artists have to go through like jump through the hoops of like you said like you were kind of pressured to do the texas country stuff right so it takes time to find your sound and like as a listener like we could think like okay this is his sound like this is this Mm -hmm. this is kane and bryce this is other guys too like i always bring them up on here austin mead is one like super unique absolutely Uh, yeah and then you see like young guys coming up like you're wearing an American slang shirt. Those guys fucking kill. And like, yeah, like it's just really cool to see people like make their own sound and in such a tight knit scene. That's pretty, it could get over diluted at some points. Like, you know, you get so many different people and like, you really are forced to make it your own. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I feel like that's where the, the, the artists that get bigger and go to that next step stand out. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like a you know being yourself versus a cover band you know no one wants to mm-hmm. yeah if they want to hear George Strait they'll listen to it on their phone if yeah. they want to hear Kane and Bryce do a George Strait song that's what sets the difference you know right uh, that's a good point it's it's just you know it's it's that creative factor versus that copycat factor yeah so with your <coughs> excuse me with your writing um do you I guess this is a very cliche question to ask but i like to ask of people anyway when you uh write what is your like process would it be like you sit down in a room with a pad of paper you sit down with your guitar do ideas just flow to you how, how does it usually work out for you man i've gotten asked that so many times and i'm sure the, you only, have. <laughs> the only way to answer it is like you me personally uh i don't i'm not a, a focused writer like there's a lot of people that are really big songwriters and make a living off of it that are like, all right, once a day I'm going to sit down and write every two days. I'm going to sit down and write three times a week. I'm going to do it. I'm, I I have to be, I I hate writing shitty songs and you know, if, if shitty songs come of it, whenever I do get inspired, but I, I like to be inspired to sit down and write something that I absolutely love that I've lived through that I've watched people live through life experiences um, I'm not really a writer to sit down and just, uh, I guess, kind of throw a song together just because I have to. 
right. or just because I like force myself to, uh, I like a, a very natural songwriting, uh, you know, unless I'm writing with other people, of course. Um, but writing by myself, dude, it's come in so many different ways. Um, there's a new song that I wrote, um, that was, I, I was leaving the studio from Stephenville and it's like a two hour drive back. And I wrote a song just in my head the, the entire way home. Oh, wow. um, yeah. And that, that was the first time I've done that. <laughs> um, most of the time I sit down and usually get like a chord progression going first, okay. uh, and then write to that just because I'm a, I'm a songwriter before I am a guitar player. Um, okay. People say I'm decent at guitar, but I, I'm, there's really great guitar players out there to say I'm good, you know. <laughs> um, but it, it's 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 hard for me to sit down and and write a song and then try and put chords to it. It's super easy to have chords and and a melody and you know run off of you know my influences and and everything that I know versus forcing something to happen. Yeah, I mean that that I could see that like. I'm sure it's different for everyone because that's the stereotype people you hear like, yeah, musicians sit down with a pad of paper or they're on their phone typing up lyrics. But most of the time, like you said, it just happens. So that's, yeah. that's what separates the uh, songwriters from just the musicians. If that makes any sense, I guess. I don't yeah, know. absolutely. I, it's very interesting to me. That's why I ask these <laughs> stupid cliche uh, questions. But um... I, I, I will say, man, I, I, I think, I think there's not a right way to do it. Um, mm -hmm. you know, whichever way works for you works best. And, and, uh, for me, I haven't found out what really works best because I'm still, you know, I'm still growing as a songwriter. I'm still writing in different ways, obviously that I thought I would never write in. So, um, and I, I thought, you know, just doing it in my head the other day, that song turned out great. And I was like, Oh, well, I, I've been missing out this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you mentioned uh, writing with other people. Are there any uh, memorable like co-writes that stick out with you? Man, we actually well, there's there's a couple, but we actually um, I, I went to Pegasus house from Pegasus on the rooftops. Mm -hmm. He um, he was super super busy, and me and him have always wanted to write together since uh, I think he started music. And um, he invited me over. I sat down and wrote a song that was really kind of rock edge that's coming out this next year. And um, I went over to his house and we sat down. The next day we went, I went over and we sat down and wrote um, kind of a country song. And then I was like, it, 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 it was a good song, but it wasn't kind of what we were looking for, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, we kind of didn't know where to go after that. And then I played the rock song that I had and I think it kind of like built up the, the, like kind of where it was like, Ooh, that sounded good. I like that. Um, and then I had this chorus and it's, uh, it was my head says, who cares? My heart says you do. My body says you're weak when she says it'll never be you. And, uh, I read that to Pecos and he was like, we're right into that. And we sat down for like, I think 15, 20 minutes and wrote a, a song off their new album called she says, Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, which was super cool for me. Um, you know, in the moment, cause I'm I wrote a song with my best friend and, you know, fast forward eight months, um, 
I see he posted a story that he was going into like some record deal meetings and uh, he ends up getting signed to Warner. Yeah. And she says it was one of the songs that he went in with uh, along with a handful of other songs. Damn. And yeah. And uh, he ended up getting signed uh, to Warner and then fast forward. I think it was the middle of this year when it came out. I can't remember. Uh, maybe August. Mm-hmm. Um the day that or the night it was releasing, uh, Pecos was like, Hey dude, um was reading over our our release email and I just thought this was super cool and he sent it to me. And uh it was a email from Warner saying, um, you know, a couple of the songs and then the uh the focus track of the album was she says. Oh, and wow. you know, I don't, I don't know what that means, or I didn't know what it meant at the moment. And I was like, focus track, does that mean it's like one of their favorite songs or something? He goes, no, that's the, the song that Warner expects to do the best. And I was like, no shit. Wow. I was like, so, I was like, so Warner likes one of my songs. That's pretty cool. <laughs> nice. And, um, you know, that opened up, uh, back to the songwriting thing, um, that opened up a door. Warner flew me out. Uh, shit, maybe a month ago now, um, out to El Paso where, um, co-cut El Paso over at Sonic Ranch and, uh, Pecos, uh, me, Pecos, Parker Ryan and Jordan Nix all went out there and, and, um, did some writing, which is super cool. The experience was great. Um, you know, I got to sit there and write songs and drink with uh, a few of my really, really good friends in the music scene, which was super cool. And, who just happen to be great songwriters. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I'll tell you what, man, sitting sitting in a circle with those three guys, uh, uh, it humbles you really quick. And uh, it's like, <laughs> I was talking to somebody about it yesterday, and uh, I was like, um, I'm here if you guys need anything. I got like a verb and an adjective, and uh, <laughs> y'all need me, I'm here. <laughs> and uh now, those guys made it super easy to write with, and, and um, we got a couple songs for, I think, Pegasus' new album, possibly, uh, which is super cool. But yeah, that, right that, that, was, that was probably, she says, obviously, hold, holds a, a place in my heart as a songwriting, uh, you know, memory. But the Sonic Ranch was a crazy experience. It's like right on the border in nowhere, El Paso. And it's, <laughs> it, it was a crazy experience. That ain't where uh, Taylor Kimball is at, is it? Uh, not his studio, but okay. um, whenever Co and them went out there, uh, I believe Kimball was with them. He was their producer out there. Okay, gotcha. But uh, yeah, no. Um, that, I mean that that's great because like that's the cool thing with uh the current scene like in Texas and all that is like the camaraderie with like. Yeah. Because it's like it seems like everyone, everyone I talk to, like when they talk about co-writing, it's like same group of guys, like just you know, it's really cool. So is it more of a like I'll use the word again, a, more of a camaraderie thing than competition when you guys are releasing music, or is it like a friendly mix of both? Man, I I, I feel like you, uh, I I feel like it's never competitive. Obviously, we want the best. Uh, it's not a like I want to do better than the next guy. It's like I want everybody doing good kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you get your your handful of guys here and there that are uh, the complete opposite, but very very rare, I guess to say. Well, that's good. Um, do you um, 
uh, this past year with your uh, uh, releases and everything, like I, are you seeing? Because like we were talking about earlier, it's a different sound than what you put out in the past. Um, yeah, are you seeing like a different group of, I guess, fans or a different type of growth in certain genres or certain areas? Uh, uh man, I, I feel like. I feel like uh, it was almost kind of a start over type thing. Okay. Uh, you know, the it, it was more of like Texas country-ish kind of love songs, ballads here and there uh, with the first stuff. And uh, we were so busy on the road, we really didn't get to get back in studio. Uh, and, you know, at the time and still now, you know, I'm doing everything in-house. So, you know, the booking's me, the management's, management's me um social media's merchandise it, it, everything falls kind of under my wing um oh, okay. so it was I, I was more worried about being busy on the road than I was to get back into studio and uh also felt like we were continuously changing um but you know covid hit and mm-hmm. i think our our live performances and being busy on the road is kind of what drove uh you know the Kane and Bryce brand and uh, whenever COVID hit, it was almost like an immediate restart. Like any bit of headway that we had going went straight down. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was it was good for me because, you know, I was still growing as a person. I didn't go in the studio and, and, you know, waste money on music that I didn't think was mature enough um, as, you know, I am now. But... Uh, it was definitely a reset in, in, in the different genre aspect. Um, you know, n- not everybody that listens to country is, is a rocker. Um, and not everybody that's a rocker listens to country. Uh, you know, they find the mixes here and there that, that work for them. But now I've seen a few people in the scene switch to rock and roll and completely get, you know, shit on by, you know, the, the country guys. Yeah. Uh, and not, not artist country fans. Uh, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, go back to your old shit. And it's like, you know, people grow, people change, yeah. you know, um, you know who you were five years ago isn't who you are now. And for yeah, fans like, to expect you to just stay the same is ridiculous. Yeah. Like if you don't, I mean, if you're not progressing, like, are you even doing it right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if you're not growing as an artist and, and always looking for that next step, I mean, uh, you look at people like Cody Jinks that did it completely backwards. You know, he was yeah. in California doing screamo heavy metal uh, rock stuff and then wasn't working, comes back to Texas, uh, works at a couple bars in the stockyards. And, you know, and a couple of years later, he's the biggest artist in Texas. Yeah. It, and, it, you know, it, you, you don't see the rockers going, oh, you know, fuck Cody Jinks for going to a country <laughs> boy. It's like. The dude grew. He he grew. He got older. He realized he wanted to do country music. Yeah, doesn't make him any less of a rocker. Yeah, right. I mean, that sounds like like a like on paper switching genres completely. And I don't know why I'm, I keep bringing up genres like it really matters anymore. But it's just interesting <laughs> yeah. that like it's just interesting that like that sounds like on paper it sounds like a death sentence to your career. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. But I feel like nowadays like. I, random name i know like steven tyler from aerosmith like that was a long like he's classic rock guy he went he was in aerosmith then he put out like a country album and got shit on 
But I feel like <laughs> nowadays, you know, I feel like nowadays it's like completely different. I feel like a good thing about this new generation, like our generation, whatever, is that they're more open-minded mostly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and, yeah. and especially where you're from, like you get, it's such a grab bag full of like different sounds, different styles. Yeah. And that, that's a, that's a beauty about Texas is uh, I've always told everybody for the history or forever. It's like, Texas is a melting pot for music. They say mm-hmm. that there's a lot of people or a lot of places around here that are a melting pot, Texas. And the cool thing about it is, is like, it's all Texas based. So you can be, you know, Creole, but it's mm-hmm. Texas Creole, you know, you can be blues, but it's Texas blues, right? You can be rock, but it's Texas rock, you know? And, and it's like, it's like you take that, that genre uh, and bring it to Texas and put Texas songwriting. Cause I, I, I firmly believe Texas songwriting is completely different than any other songwriting around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the greats that have come out of Texas, I feel like a lot of people still follow that. And a lot of the Texas country guys, followed that before we did and and you know we listened to those guys and got influenced by them and uh i feel like just the texas songwriting is a different breed you know just like nashville or uh you know la la rocks different than most rock and roll it's it's just texas is it's different man yeah no i mean that and it's very obvious if you listen to it how diff- how different it is. And have you ever dabbled? You brought up Nashville. Have you ever dabbled uh, riding up there or networking up there at all? Man, I I, I went up there one time to see uh, my buddy Tanner Ustry play over the Grand Ole Opry, and um, didn't didn't do a lot of songwriting. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> all right <laughs> we, we we can definitely talk about that experience off off uh off the pod but it's, it's an interesting one man <laughs> yeah yeah we'll leave it at that then man but uh <laughs> so how how has touring been last year uh just following you on the socials I, i've yet to see a concert I, i've been trying to get get out there more and hit some of these shows i've been trying to see but uh what it looks like you guys are busy as hell uh yeah last man. year uh I, I like to keep it that way. Um, you know, if, if if I'm not, number one, if I'm not, because music's full-time for me, so if I'm not playing, then, you know, number one, I'm not making money, and number two, I'm not living my dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got a group of guys now that are like-minded that it's not about, um, you know, it, it's, not, it's not like a heavy balance of like, oh, they're very they're very like music's first. Um, if you can book a show, book it and we're going to figure it out. Uh, and mm. that's, that's kind of the group of guys that I have now, which is, uh, you know, really nice. Um, and no, no one's right. Really taken off or anything. No one's like, Hey, you know, I got this. Hey, I got this. It's like, no, like music is it. And we're doing it, you know? And, uh, I'm very grateful for that. Uh, it makes, it easy for me because, uh, you know, with me doing a hundred percent of the booking, it's like, uh, you know, a day that they take off, that's, you know, an opportunity to miss for me and, you know, three or four other guys. Um, so the group of guys that I have now makes it really easy to stay busy and, uh, they like it that way. And I like it that way. And, you know, if, if I'm at home, I'm missing the road. If I'm on the road, I'm missing home kind of thing. Yeah, I'd imagine that's a hard balance to find. But like, I mean, with that, 
mindset, like you said, like music is like everything. Like I, I don't see how if you want to succeed, you that's probably the only mindset you need to have. Like, or else it's yeah. not going to work. Yeah, man. You, I, I feel like you know if you half-ass anything in life, you're going to get a half-ass back. And mm-hmm. um, I'm just not one to half-ass something, you know. And I, music's absolutely saved my life multiple times. And um, this, shout out to Lucero, by the way. They're uh, <laughs> the Lucero Tennessee album has brought me out of some dark spots. <laughs> Good hell yeah. Um, and then I, I I feel like I kind of owe it to music and um, to to all the people that have supported me and you know my band and. Um, anybody who's ever bought a ticket, I, I, I feel like I would be doing them a disservice if I'm not out on the road where they can come see us and, and hang out, have a beer, um, you know, see good music if, if it's good, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, um, being so busy, uh, on the road, like, I, I, I don't know, like, do you, is it hard sometimes to keep it going? Because like, I, I couldn't imagine touring as just like a normal person who doesn't play music for a living. But uh, <laughs> like, how, how do you keep yourself going just doing it all year round and with like minimal breaks and stuff? Um, man, it's, it, it's not, uh, for me, it's a little different cause it's, it's a lifestyle for me. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of artists have, have a really, good luxury of other people doing the stuff for them, you know, having to book an agent or having management, um, which is really nice. And I'm not discrediting them at all, but, uh, me personally, like it's, it's music 24 seven and the very minimal breaks are very minimal mm-hmm. because it's like, you know, I try, I try and book out Thursday through Saturday, sometimes Sundays. um, maybe some acoustic stuff during the week and then all my days off where I'm not playing music, you know, that's, that's the business side of things. That's the, the management, making sure your website's good, making sure your merchandise is good. Uh, you know, booking more shows, uh, making sure you're following up with venues, booking more shows, uh, yeah. you know, just everything in between, including booking more shows, you know, and bu- I, booking takes about 80% of, of the business side of things. But booking yes. is the hardest aspect of it. So you don't really have a team. It's all you then. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got some friends here and there that, that help out where they can and, and, uh, uh, you know, lucky, lucky to have them and, uh, lucky to have them. Uh, I've never really had a lot of people in my corner in the music industry. I, I really kind of solo dolo type thing. And, um, you know, the people that I do have that support me 110% and that are willing to help me out, I'm forever grateful for them. Um, but for the most part, yeah, still me running the, running the cane and brass business. Yeah. Was that, um, was that something that you had to learn from other people or like what you've been saying this whole time? Is that something you just had to jump head first into? Yeah. Just jumping head first and, you know, asking questions to the people that, you know, were doing it and, um, you know, making friends with people in the industry and getting their outlooks on it. And, you know, from the get go, uh, I've always had this mindset and always pass it down to, to younger artists and people that ask questions. Um, uh, and you know, pertains to more than just music, but there's never going to be anybody in your life. That's going to work harder for you than you. And that's mm-hmm. the mindset that I've always had. 
and it's even hard to even give the reins to somebody. I, I think it's going to be hard when I, if I do get a booking agent or a management company, it's going to be like, man, are you going to work harder for me than me? Cause I, I've kind of built this up. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely ready to give them over, but it has to be to the right person. And, uh, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess if that's something you're so used to. That has to be a hard decision to make because I'm sure there's a lot of people who would just hand it over like, all right, yeah, y'all take care of it. But like, Absolutely. if it's your, um, if it's like your, that's your life, that's how you make your money. That's how you, you know, that's how you run your business. Uh, I guess it's hard to find the right people who are in it to also help you and not just benefit themselves too. Absolutely. Is that like, is that like an ever present thing? Like, I, I, not yeah. like, I don't want to say, do you trust those people? But like, I guess like, do you like, is it hard to trust those people? Uh, uh, trust. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say the truth without, uh, <laughs> sound like a no, dickhead, that was, you know? that, that was um, a bad question. I just be like, no, you? no, 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 no. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very open book and, and I, I like, uh, I like to be real with people and, and mm. I think anybody that's met me or knows me knows I'm like, rather I hurt your feelings or I'm your best friend. You know, it's, it's a hundred percent honest and it comes from a good spot, but, um, along with good camaraderie and, and, and great friends in the scene, there are a lot of selfish people and a lot of dickheads that you do deal with and a lot of dickhead fans too. But you know, the mm -hmm. industry is a very dog eat dog. And, um, I feel like that's just the the inevitable thing about it about the music industry. Uh, yeah, but um, you definitely have to watch your back, and and I, I don't think there's any uh, maybe other than politics. I, I think between politics and the music industry, it's full of a lot of empty promises. Oh, and, that's uh, a good that's, way to put it. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it. I think the music scene's just as bad as politics when it comes to empty promises. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, that it's it's full of it. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, when it comes to like like labels and stuff, like a lot of people like nowadays, a lot of bands, a lot of musicians do just fine uh, being independent. Um, is that? Uh, is that something like like would be would that be a route that you would like would rather take or like or do you think about that often or is it kind of like we'll just see what comes and like you said the we got to see how they what they will do for you or is yeah. it something that you really think about a lot when it comes to those two options? Yeah, absolutely. I've I've been asked it before, man. When it comes to record labels, um, man, that 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 piece of paper that you sign can be you know, zero to a hundred. Um, everybody's deal is, is different. And, um, labels offer a lot of things that, you know, people like, there's a lot of things that these labels can do for Kane and Bryce that I can't do for myself. You know, I don't have the contacts. I don't have the funding. You know, I, I don't have, you know, this or that. Um, I, I think when a deal comes along that makes sense for whoever's signing, and, um, you know, offering the, the right things and obviously not fucking yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like, I feel like that's also inevitable. I feel like you have to make that next step at some point if you want to be, you know, 
not not only like you know bigger as an artist but you have to think about your people you know like like uh you know your guys you know they they mm-hmm. want to be they want to play stadiums you know one day too you can't just you know you know stick to the honky tonk bars you know at some point you have to take that step and if i could if i can measure it to anything i think we saw it with like oliver anthony Mm-hmm. whenever he like rose to national fame so fast and he had his friend doing all this stuff for him. And, um, I think, was it Joe's honky tonk that he had that, that deal with where he like criticized them for, for charging the amount of tickets and the venue was just yeah. trying to break even from the money that they wanted. And right. it's like, uh, you know, you can't, it, it's hard to point, fingers and blame people whenever you're just naive to the business and Mm -hmm. you know that that's what comes with you know your friends running things or you running things it's like there's people out there that do this for a living that that can do it the right way and take you to that next step and i feel like that's that's kind of what those labels are for is for you to go to that next level it's not necessarily a bad thing you know parker got criticized for it co got criticized for it um, and it's not a bad thing. It's not like we're leaving Texas or we're not independent. It's just, you know, these guys, these Texas guys are in a spot where we can basically do whatever we want. You know, we're not, we're, we're already making a living for ourselves down here. We're trying to get to the next step. Yes, but we're already making a living. We don't need a record deal, but if one comes along that we want, absolutely. I mean, yeah. if I want to be successful and, and I want my guys to make more money and, able to take care of their families and insurance and stuff like that. Like at some point you're going to have to take the label. Yeah. And I, people throw around the, the word sell out all the time. It's like, it's not <laughs> like you want these guys to make a living and get paid. It's like, they're not selling out. They're just helping themselves. You know, <laughs> we're just trying to make a better living for ourselves. You know, you know, it's, and I, I will say it, it might be a little different. Um, you know, with, uh, and I say Nashville a lot because it, it happens a lot in Nashville. It happens in Texas too, but mm-hmm. um, these guys that sign deals where they, they kind of get screwed or, you know, they don't have control over their music or their songwriting and they get told what to do everywhere they go. Um, you know, obviously that's not the deals that we take, you know, the deal that, that Cohen Parker, I'm sure, I, I mean, I haven't read it, but I'm sure that they have complete control. And I, I know people in, in Co's camp and, and, co himself and uh they they signed a deal where they have full control over the music and get to do whatever they want to do you know within reason obviously but um I, I feel like those guys made the right call with uh you know you still get all the benefits of being on a label but mm-hmm. you're still doing the same shit that you're doing you know yeah so there's you really can't complain whatsoever <laughs> yeah and, you know it gets i think that just gets miscommunicate a lot with like list uh listeners versus like the artists who actually go through it but you know Absolutely. but what can you do you can't really avoid that it just kind of comes with it i guess um yeah uh so i mean it's a new year 2024 just started recording this on what is it the second i can't even tell it's been a long weekend <laughs> it's like but, second uh, or third <laughs> yeah but um so what do you got are there any goals not necessarily like what's coming out but like what do you want to accomplish this year um man this year definitely play more shows than last year um man if we could be on the road 
three days a week, every week. I, I know me and my guys would do it in our events. Um, definitely want some bigger shows with, with uh, you know, the same people we've been playing with, uh, you know, between like Pecos and, and Austin, um, Tanner Usry. Uh, those guys do us a, 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 a lot of good by, you know, allowing us on the road and, and playing on the stages that they play. Um, definitely getting more music out. That's, uh, we went to studio, um, maybe three months ago. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Three or four months ago. And, um, I actually went in, which we, we can get into that here in a sec, but, um, those, uh, we've got a good handful of songs we're releasing next year. And I think we're about to go back here in a couple of weeks to do some more songs, um, over there with Josh Serato at Melody Mountain Ranch. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, so just staying writing. Uh, de- I definitely want to write more and more co-writes. Um, uh, I felt like that, that was a really fun experience for me, um, just getting to hang out with your buddy and, and write songs together. Yeah. <laughs> um, play more shows. Uh, definitely be more financially free, I'll tell you that. Uh, mm-hmm. Financials uh, the past few years not been the best. Uh, yeah. we spend a lot of money on the road. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but you got to spend money to make money and, uh, it's just right. kind of part of it. Um, but, uh, maybe just kind of hitting that next level. Uh, we've been kind of coasting on a, uh, kind of under that next level line for, for a few years. And I think this next year with our new music and, um, going back to, you know, the switching genres type of thing, our new music is going to be a little different. <laughs> okay. Nice. It, it, it's, it's still going to be rock edged, but um, it's going to be, you know, that Texas songwriting and it's going to be kind of alternative kind of punk rock. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it, it's, it, you're going to hear a lot of really punk rock in- influences, which is a, another genre that I grew up on and I've mm-hmm. been embedded in still embedded in. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm hoping this new music is really what sets us apart. Um, Josh, Josh told us that he was like, "This is going to be it," and I was like, "You think so?" <laughs> he was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "Hell yeah!" I'll, nice. I'll believe when I see it, but I, I, I'll uh, whenever we get off here, I'll, I'll send you a couple to check out and see what you think about them, man. Nice. Yeah. Well, before we do get out of here, let's talk about some uh, your new music for a little bit. Um, you mentioned pop uh, or pop punk rock. Um, what did something make you want to go that route? Or was it like the rock thing before you're just like, I want to play this. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely, um, it happened by accident. To be honest. Uh, we went mm-hmm. into, we were going to do a double EP. Um, we were going to do like six songs here and six songs here. And one was going to be, um, like Southern rockish, uh, cause mm-hmm. we were trying to ease like the rock stuff and not just like drop rock and roll yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Um, so we were going to do like a Southern rock EP and then do like an alternative rock EP. And, uh, we went to the studio to do the Southern rock thing and it, it was, it was going all right for a little bit. We had Aaron in there from, uh, okay. From, from Austin, from Austin, it, yeah, Austin's drummer. Um, yeah. And it was me, uh, Aaron, and Josh Serrato, and um, 
Uh, Aaron's great lineup. Drum... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was. <laughs> this was the first experience. Uh, I've, I've I've always heard like the magic happening, you know. And mm-hmm. I've been in the studio a few times, and um, this was the first time where I actually felt that magic happening. Like it, it was just like natural, easy, and uh, we were trying to do it different. And then, like, and I'll explain what happened. It was super cool because um, it, it's it's super. I get kind of giddy about it because it's like the first <laughs> time it happened to me. Um, but we were going over. We did like a country song the first day, and then the second song. Um, or the, yeah, it was the second song of the first day. Uh, I showed it, and I was like, "Hey, I want to do this like as a country song, just to put it on this southern rock thing, get it out of the way, so we can focus on the rock and roll." And they're like, all right. So I'm, I'm in the, um, the vocal booth with the acoustic. Uh, Aaron's in the drum room, and um, uh, Serato's on the throne with a bass guitar or electric. I can't remember. But we were going over this like uh, kind of ballad country song that I wrote a couple years back. Uh, and I just wanted to put it out just so we can get it out. So I, I'm not just sitting on a, a country song and we can just focus on the rock music. Um, but we started out like doing kind of the country feel and, and it was a little slower. And then like, you could tell, like I was getting frustrated. Josh was getting frustrated. Aaron was confused and nothing was happening. And, uh, Josh was like, let's take a break. I got to pee. I'll be right back. And uh, before he did that, he was like, what do you think about speeding it up? And I was like, yeah, I was like, it kind of feels weird, but we can speed it up. And um, I started singing it really fast. Uh, I was like, if I sing it as fast as possible, then when I slow it down to like the speed he wants it, it'll feel a little normal. And so I started to sing it real fast. And then Aaron Aaron was still on the drums and he started doing like punk rock beat. And I think Josh damn near pissed on himself walking out of the bathroom, <laughs> hits the button. He's like, Hey, Hey, what are, what are y'all doing in there? And, uh, we were like, ah, we're just fucking off. He goes, let's just trash whatever, whatever we were doing. And let's just do that. <laughs> and it was like nice. the blink one eighty two like drum style. And, um, I was like, I was like, the first one wasn't working. Let's try it out. And I, I really, it all goes to Serato, really, because he, he, me and Aaron were just messing around, and he really kind of heard where it was going and, and really liked it. And me and Aaron were like, okay. And Josh was like, trust me, guys. And Josh led the whole way, and it turned out to be one of my favorite songs that we've we've done in the studio. And um, Damn. Yeah, that was the first time. And from there on out, we were like, all right, let's, let's get rid of this whatever the hell we were doing and let's just focus on the rock and roll. That's natural. It's feeling good. Let's just focus on that. And then, um, I think, uh, I had a country song that I wanted to do and it wasn't working again. And Josh was like, Hey, come in here, man. Let's see if you have any other songs. And he was like, you got any other songs? I was like, yeah. Uh, I was like, I don't really feel like they were good enough. And then I played him one song and he was like, where the fuck's that been, dude? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And uh, I was like, let me play you this other one just in case uh, if you like it more. And I played it and he was like, we're doing both of them. I was like, let's yeah. try well, He was like, let's trash that song. Let's do these two. And they also went that alternative punk rock, pop punk route. 
and um also turned out to be some of our favorite songs on the album um i say album ep what mm-hmm. I, I don't know what we're doing everything kind of changed once we got in the studio um but yeah I, I think we're putting uh you know the old style away and leaning towards this new style which is I feel like everybody's done the genres as Texas, you know, they did the Texas rock they did. And I I feel like, uh, people haven't really touched. I I feel like the pop punk is, is opening up in Texas, you know, between like, uh, like geo, uh, and, you know, Austin Upchurch, he's been doing the punk, the the punk country thing, uh, the punk tree, whatever you want to call it. Was it emo? (laughs) Is that, is that what they call it? Emo? Midwest was it Midwest emo or some shit? Yeah, Midwest emo. <laughs> um, and I I think the new stuff's going to be geared towards that alternative rock, and um, uh, Serato actually texted me the other day, which was really cool. It, it, it's cool. It's cool. Um, that like me and Josh Serato talk on like a, a regular basis uh, yeah. because which leads into this. I'll, I'll, I'll get there. I promise. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're um, fine. Uh, Serato, man, he's, I, I've looked up Serato forever. Um, you know, he played in six market Boulevard, which is one of my favorite bands in Texas. And he played for William Clark green and now he plays for co. And um, I've always looked at this guy as a legend and it's really cool to like, he went from a legend to my friend. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we did the Buffalo's family Christmas, mm-hmm. and uh, I got to do the Charlie Robinson tribute. Oh and wow! Six Six Market was our the backing band, which was really Oof. cool. So like, I got to share the stage with Josh Serato, which is full circle. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, we can get back into that story here in a sec, but um there's a campfire that goes on after, after a buck Buffalo's family Christmas where it's like the LJT style, you know, they set up a speaker and a mic and you pass around a guitar. Um, and I, I was out there and I was like super hammered and, uh, I did a, the weedest tune teenage dirt bag. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, uh, I guess Josh was out there. I, I didn't, I didn't really see him out there all that much. And, uh, he go, he texted me a few days after that. And was like, hey, dude, what do you think about doing that weedest tune that you played? And I was like, Teenage Dirtbag? He was like, yeah, dude, I think you'd kill that. So, and so I mean, th- this is the first time that anybody, anybody's ever going to really hear it. But I, uh, we're about to go into the studio to do that song uh, with Serato. Oh, nice. And um, only the rowdy alternatives are going to hear it. <laughs> yep. All three people listening. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but I, no, I, man, man, that's got to be juiced up. I love that. I, I, I wouldn't expect that. Some punk, some punk rock, man. Oh Fuck yeah, yeah. Dude, it's it, it's going to be very. And once you see the live show, uh, you you haven't seen the live show yet, have you? I haven't. No, man. Our live show is is a whole different ball game from studio. We were talking to somebody about it the other day, and they were like, they were like, dude, your recorded stuff is great. Don't get me wrong, but y'all got to find out how to take that live show and put it into a record. And I was like, I don't know how we're going to do that. I've been trying to do it from the get go, <laughs> but um, I feel like Josh is really, really doing justice on this, on this new stuff. It sounds full. It sounds great. It's, it's new and refreshing. It, I feel like it's something that no one else is doing right now. 
which is that mix of, um, uh, you know, Geo, Geo kind of has that heavier side of the rock and roll. Uh, this is going to be more of that, the, the soft, soft alternative. Yeah. Um, punk rock songwriting, mm-hmm. um, kind of like, um, uh, the story so far ish. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see we'll, that. We'll, we'll, we'll have a little heavier stuff, but, um, it, it's going to be, uh, it's, it's going to be rock music, but not losing that songwriting aspect of, of what Texas and, you know, what, what Texas has made me and, and my influences. Nice. Yeah. No, I mean, that that's great. That, that's, that is something refreshing and something new out of there that, yeah, I'm excited, man. I, I'm really excited <laughs> yeah. for that. Us too, um, man. Yeah. So, uh, but Hey, Kana, man, thanks for hopping on. This flew by. Um, before we uh, get out of here, if you want to plug uh, any, like any more details on maybe some songs or um, shows, social media, anything, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, man, our, our social media is going to be uh, our Twitter's just Kane and Brass, Instagram's uh, just Kane and Brass, uh, and it's J J U S T just. <laughs> all, all my friends are always <laughs> like, "Oh, it's Kane and Brass," and I'm like, "Dude, it's just Kane and Brass." Um, <laughs> Facebook is is uh Kane and Brass. Um um uh, we got a YouTube channel that we rarely use, which we'll probably start using here soon. Um and our our TikTok is uh Kane and Brass music, I think. Or just Kane and Brass. Okay. One one of the two. Um but the TikToks is where I'm about to start dropping a lot of our new stuff acoustic. Um you'll get to hear a lot of the new songs and get um like a first inside of the songs and, and the lyrics and before they're fully produced and already out. So I would encourage people to hit up the TikTok and, and check it out. And, um, I'll probably be posting one tomorrow, a new song. Nice. We are already put two of them out so far, but, um, it's going to be a, a scholar studio series. And it's just like, we're kind of letting the fans kind of choose. We already have a couple songs already done, but, uh, we're going to let the fans be like, I love this one. This has to be done. And then that's what we're taking in the studio. So uh, I'd encourage people to go to TikTok. Um, yeah, new music coming next year for sure. Um, probably sooner than you think. Um, she might might do a, a, an exclusive or an early release of Rowdy Alternative. I don't know. Hey, I'd love to. Just hit me <laughs> up, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, uh, yeah, Kanan, thanks so much, man. This has been great. Um Everyone listening, uh, definitely go uh, check out Kane and Bryce. Uh, also, uh, check out Rowdy Alternative on all the socials. Uh, also, Raised Rowdy and RaisedRowdy.com. So, everybody, uh, y'all have a good night. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.